Rewind with Oisín Langan. Welcome along. Coming up, we'll take a look back on the Championship weekend. Plus, we've got Dublin's Michael Dara McCauley ahead of their opener with Leash in Nolan Park next Saturday. We'll also look ahead to Ireland's final Euro 2016 warm-up and we'll talk about who will and who won't make the cut for the tournament itself. Paddy Mulligan will be along to look at that. He'll also reflect on the Champions League final, Real Madrid overcoming Atletico Madrid. No doubt, though, the biggest story of the weekend was Connacht winning the Guinness Pro 12 final against Leinster. And, uh, well, it was quite spectacular, regardless of where you watched or listened to it. You know, we said the goal is top six. We're going to get ourselves into Champions Cup and, and we went about the plan. That's what we're going to do and we achieved that. We reset those goals because we achieved it. The next goal was that we believe we can win Pro 12. We understand the challenge we face, but we're excited by it and we're going after it. O'Halloran, all the way, try time! I've said it before and I'll say it again. It's not about what we've done in the past, it's what what's going to come. And with the people that are up here and what's coming behind, it's a bright, bright future. And I'm just going to say, very last thing, thanks for everyone to come coming out today, last night, throughout the year. And we see you all in September. We've a, ten, a title to defend. Here's Eddie Loken now, chip from Eddie Loken, he's running after it, he touches it all with his foot, Eddie Loken scores! It's unbelievable! This has been about the squad all year, it's been about players coming in. This is the first time this year that we've had the same team that week on week, it's absolutely phenomenal. Earlier in the week, we had four young academy lads that trained for the week. Uh, sorry, trained for the year. And uh, we decided, or the, the management decided they couldn't bring them. And the lads chipped in and brought the four boys over. That, to me, that speaks a lot about the people that are in this squad. We, we've been a team all year, and to lads to chip into their own pockets and fly over the four lads, I thought was phenomenal. McGinty chips it through. Healy! Hands on the top! The scenes in Galway tomorrow. There's never been anything like this in the sport of rugby in the west of Ireland. 131 years of it. We haven't seen anything like this. It's all over. Connacht are Guinness Pro 12 champions. They have done it in the most spectacular of fashions. And the final score is Connacht 20, Leinster 10. Kids in the Connacht jersey, when we talk about grassroots to green shirts, there's kids there going to be inspired, inspired, I know that. I want to be the next Matt Healy, I want to be the next Tien and O'Halloran, I want to be the John Muldoon and so forth. And that's, what, that's what's going to drive everything we do, from what Eric does in the club and community, what Nigel does in the academy. That's what's going to get people involved in rugby and grow. And, you know, but we can't take it for granted. You know, we can't say we want a trophy and it's going to happen. We're all back to work. You know, Willie sent out a real positive email to all the staff congratulating, but pretty much said, let's raise the level again. And, and that's the challenge for everyone, the whole organisation.
What a weekend it was for the West of Ireland and Connacht Rugby. Guinness Pro 12 champions for the very first time. A man who is there to see it in Edinburgh. You heard him in the package there getting quite emotional is Rob Murphy, a commentator with Galway Bay FM. Rob, not only were you there on Saturday, but you were also there during some of the very worst times for Connacht throughout their professional existence. So I imagine that made Saturday all the more sweeter. Yeah, I think it did. You know, I, I haven't necessarily subscribed to keep re- referencing back to marches and near disbandment uh, in the last month or so, you know, because I, I, it just felt wrong to be looking back too much under what Pat Lamb's trying to do. And it felt wrong to be kind of going, oh, well, God, we weren't, we were nearly not a rugby team 13 years ago. But I have to say in the in the hours and the days since Connacht won, I have found myself looking back and looking back at some of the times when we just weren't looking like we were ever going to be able to be fully competitive with our fellow Irish provinces and on the higher level. Always good for the big wins, as we knew. Always good for the upsets. Always good for some good wins in France and Challenge Cup. But there was times when it just felt like it was near or next to impossible for Connacht to really establish themselves as a, a fully a uh, successful fourth province and possibly a first province from year to year. But all of a sudden, in a short span of time, um, what's gone from, you know, a little bit of hope under Eric Elwood has exploded into real, real belief and a real sense that sky's the limit for this team. I mean, you're listening to some of the pundits yesterday saying that this kind of team are one of the few in Europe, if, if not the only, that are playing the Southern Hemisphere brand of rugby and that can give them a real edge and it has given them a real edge in a competition that few, if anyone, believed it was in any way possible for them to win. So, fantastic stuff. And the most impressive thing about Connacht is that even when they were missing big players, the likes of Nathan White and Dennis Buckley in the games that Robbie Henshaw wasn't available, they still had guys who were able to step up and do it. And they did that because their academy structure is good and they brought the academy lads in and gave them a taste. Everyone who needed game time got game time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't think you can just bring anyone into this team and, and all of a sudden they'll play well. You've got to subscribe to the systems. You've got to work really hard on your skill set. You've got to be really part of the whole focus and, and buy into the culture. But after that, players can slot into positions, slot into structures. And while you can't lose everyone, you can certainly lose a few key components and still win. I mean, when Dennis Buckley was ruled out for the rest of the season, I wasn't the only one uh, who really felt that that's the difference between winning a trophy and not. We still felt Connick could go very close, but we thought, you know, Buckley, monstrous loss. He's such a key component of what we're doing. Well, look what Ronan Lockney's done over the last few weeks. And what was really interesting is when Lockney slotted into the Buckley role, he started doing a lot of the things Buckley did around the park because he has a process to step into. He has a role in that loose head position. So you'll see Lockney acting as scrum half uh, every so often when, when Marmion's tied up. And that's what Buckley used to do. Another example of that is, you know, towards the, the end of the game, Matt Healy, I think, had to go into scrum half is what happened and Shane O'Leary came on uh, for Tyrion O'Halloran for a period of time while O'Halloran was getting checked out o- O'Leary goes into the wing role and on the restart O'Leary shooting up in the line just like Matt Healy would making that first tackle just like Matt Healy would and he for all the world looks like Matt Healy uh, in terms of his role so each player if you move them around they knew what the what the other player's role was and they knew how to slot into it that's what Pat Lamb has helped create that's what Dave Ellis and Andre Bell and Jimmy Duffy and Conor McPhillips have worked very hard in the background and yeah you may mention those players that are missing that's how you win a pro 12 title when you're missing two two or three marquee players or you don't have access to all your players at the best of times kind of have gone through a few injury crises at different points we know what they went through around christmas when they could only travel to newcastle with 22 of the required 23 players and yet throughout the season adversity or whatever has been thrown in their path they found ways around it and i think it's just what's been built the whole system that's been built and put in place has allowed them to do that We've talked about how Connacht have got here, uh, but yeah. even in his speech 
to the thousands of people who came to the sports ground yesterday. John Muldoon talked about where Connacht are going. Now that journey might be a bit difficult because they're losing Robbie Henshaw and they're losing Rodney Ayew and they're losing Ali, Muldown, Ali Muldowney who's been a big part of this journey and they have to replace those guys but, and it's easy to say now, they seem set up to replace those guys. Oh yeah, definitely. We're a lot less worried about that now. I mean, Conan O'Donnell is a, a prop coming through in the tight head side of the scrum uh, from Sligo, who's played Irish under 20s and he's already been capped for Connacht and he's a name to look out for in the future. He's a brilliant, brilliant player. Um, keep an eye out for his name. You know, Ayu moves on. He's one of the guys who'll be st- uh, stepping up. Seven Maringa, who had a bit of a uh, had game time last season as well. He's going to be stepping in somewhere along the way if he continues to d- develop the way he is. And you know, on from there, Keane Keller is a huge signing from Leinster to replace Robbie Henshaw. Does he replace him directly? No, but he, like I mean, Robbie Henshaw could only was only available to Connacht. I think for I might get my stats wrong here. I think it was nine pro twelve games in total that he was available to them this year because he's in such high demand. So you know what. But you lose in terms of maybe a small bit in terms of the international world class that Henshaw brings. You you bring in in terms of potential world class that King Keller has, and you have availability of him for a lot more. So that's just two examples of that. Danny Qualter saw a bit of game time in places like Edinburgh towards the end of the season, where Connacht played really really well. And he's a good strong second row with a lot of ability. We know Ben Marshall hasn't had a lot of luck with injuries. Maybe if he gets a run, he can slot in too. Yes, Muldowney's a massive loss. He's a fulcrum to what Connacht are doing, but you know real confidence out here that other players can step up if needs be like one great example is Quinn Rue Irish squad member could make the 23 yesterday so this squad is deep it's not perfect or ideal to be losing guys like that I think McGinty's a big loss as well Boshoff comes in from South Africa Jack Carty though was developing really really well in the last uh, in this season in particular the injury he's picked up during the spring has just hampered his development I think he can step into the shoes well but McGinty is one man that I think everyone's looking at now over the last few games and thinking to themselves what a loss he is here's a staff rushing and McGinty started nine Pro 12 games for Connacht in, in both playoffs and league and Connacht won all nine of them so they're going to miss him that's for sure Yeah and it's amazing that he's not like the O'Gara this guy's going to nail every kick type out half but it kind of doesn't matter the way Connacht play and even though he's going that system isn't going to change that style isn't going to change you know what's ironic? He plays a bit like Ian Madigan plays at out half. And let's be honest, over the last 12 months, Ian Madigan's much maligned, really, because of the way the World Cup went for him. But no one is saying that Madigan doesn't have a lot of skill. And you kind of wonder to yourself, wonder to yourself, like, is it the system around the player sometimes more than the player? I mean, McGinty, I think if he slotted in with Leinster, I don't think he, he'd be as well, uh, or, you know, I don't think he'd do as well. And if anything, I think he might be the fulcrum or, or focus point of some of the criticism because he carries the ball into contact a little bit too much at times. And, and you know he can sometimes not move the ball along as quickly as he should do but if everything's in place around him whatever little elements of his game you know like that that maybe I don't want to go as far as to call them weaknesses but maybe are holding back a small bit uh, you know are covered up perfectly because he's he has so many uh, sparks and so much talent in other areas like when he carries the ball into contact he's as strong an out half as I've ever seen his ability to tackle properly is is really a joy to behold you know chopping down at the ankles he's kind of the perfect example of how we have changed how we rate players in this country because again going back to what John Muldoon said in one of the interviews or possibly uh, the, the speech to the crowd uh, we've changed the way an Irish rugby team plays so we're looking at the yes. players and what they do in their different roles differently so when McGinty doesn't ping the corners or doesn't nail every kick from the corner we're not thinking oh he's not quite an out half we're thinking you know there are different things about him and it's the same with everyone on the field Tiernan O'Halloran the same as a fullback you know maybe 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 he could have made the tackle for that try that wasn't on Kirshner luckily for them 
the ball was called back for a forward pass. I didn't think it was at the time uh, and TV replays show it wasn't. But look, it doesn't matter. Connacht deserved their win. But but those are just two examples of what we're saying. Connacht have kind of changed a lot of the mindset of Irish rugby. And I wonder how much of Irish rugby will follow that or will it just still be a Connacht thing? I think it has to follow it. I think it like it's either that or stand still. It's as simple as that. I mean, I don't want to be... You know, we don't want to be too arrogant about it and start saying, "Oh, all, all Connacht players should be in in the Irish setup and everyone needs to follow." But you, all you have to do is listen to what was being said from uh, pundits or from outside of Ireland about this, the way Connacht played. And I mean, Stuart Byrne spoke to us afterwards and spoke about the fact that this is the way forward. It's the only way forward. If Leinster continue what they're doing, they're not going to develop. They must look to what Connacht are doing. They must develop in that direction. I mean, I hear, heard people saying, "Yeah, it's all well and good saying uh, Connacht only have five players in the Irish squad, but you can't go over." to South Africa with inexperienced players yes you can you can go over to South Africa with inexperienced players if they have the ability and talent Connick took to the field in a Pro 12 final with not one of their players having that kind of experience of such a crowd of such an atmosphere the noise as they got off the bus was absolutely incredible and what we were told in the past and what we're often told out west is all the hype kills a team all the hype around the Mayo football for a team for example the, the county I'm from people have tried to say and talk nonsense in the past that oh it's the fans and the flags that scare the football team from winning all Ireland is it not it's not in any way it's about the ability and the processes and I have to say this Connick team were supposedly a lot of the players according to Pat Lamb were in tears in the dressing room before they started the game and you know we'd be told time and time again that oh that disrupted them oh you know they were too rattled the crowd put too much pressure on them the crowd put everything on their shoulders and they they took it on their shoulders and they used it as a real positive so I think that's where I get most energy from I'm looking at this and thinking to bring back to my point if you go down to South Africa and you you have a battery of Adi and Healy and O'Halloran, everyone will go, what? This is madness. You can't just throw the conic battery out there. I think people might be very surprised because I think, you know, you might start to see real talent, real spark, and you might start to see a South African defence trying to figure out how do you stop Nia Adi because he's a hard man to stop. Now, of course, don't forget, you throw them into Joe Schmidt's processes, maybe it doesn't work as well. Maybe they need time to adapt to the processes. So I think at the same time, no one's banging the drum saying this is a disgrace that Joe Schmidt didn't pick them. But I think if the November internationals come around and if Connacht are still around the five, six marks in the Irish squad, I think that's when people will be banging the drum. I think that's when the people will be asking, why hasn't Joe Schmidt taken some time to look at these players? So I think right now, fine, understandable, let's see how South Africa goes and hopefully it goes well for the lads who are going over there but I think by the time Ireland play New Zealand and Chicago, a lot of people out here in Connacht now are really pretty confident that Matt Healy will surely be heavily involved and a lot of other uh, players besides will have been looked at and given a chance and maybe maybe slotted into the systems. And you know for a fact as well, the hype machine will go into overdrive and people will try and push Pat Lamb into that Irish job. Yeah. Uh, before I let you go Rob, am I right in saying that Irish caps is not how these players rate themselves that again this is another mindset Pat Lamb has instilled that it's not just about you don't rate yourself purely and simply by getting selected for Ireland and I'm sure the likes of Matt Healy and O'Halloran are irritated maybe even you know very very pissed off when they're not selected for Ireland squads but it doesn't maybe kill them as much as it would if they were at another province maybe I'm getting kind of carried away on the hype of the weekend and asking that question but do you see where I'm going is there any accuracy I do 100%. I do. I, like, I, I don't think Matt Healy will be giving it a minute's thought when, he's on, when he has his feet up on the beach this summer. I think he feels like his career is, is he's doing the right things, he's doing them well, and he's getting rewards for them. After that, Ireland is a bonus. And I think what 
Pat Lamb has really, really emphasised and what he's put in place, and this is the most important thing, is he's, he keeps mentioning international level games. So he hasn't, he doesn't say Connacht versus Treviso or Connacht versus the Dragons is an international level game. But the second they get to a playoff game against Glasgow, he's saying, right, we've stepped up to an international game. As far as he's concerned, this is an international now. We're playing a team, in the case of Leinster yesterday, with over 500 caps. So as far as he's concerned, lads, you're in the dressing room of the Scotland national team. You're walking onto the Scottish national team's field in front of a, a massive stadium and a massive crowd and you're playing a team of internationals so this is an international so as far as Matt Healy is concerned and everyone on that field uh, right down to some of the young lads that are coming through they're already internationals and it's just a matter of Arden Caps well that's just a, a technicality they're going to get them and if they get them they'll take their processes into that and they'll deliver listen I sound like a man who's completely converted but would you blame me like I, I've stood and watched Connacht storm to winning a Pro 12 title and being the best rugby team in Ireland for the first time ever and on top of that being the best rugby team in Scotland Wales initially as well so um, yeah. you know you've got to believe in it really and the best to watch in this part of the world I think it's fair to say yeah and that was a big factor everyone was you know by half time I think the neutrals really wanted the Connacht to win this game and that's that's how I would have felt if I wasn't from Connacht you'd be like look no offence to Leinster but they're not doing things right now they're not doing things the right way like they did a few years ago when they were absolutely the envy of everyone in the country they'll get back there again they have the best underage structures but right now you've got to want Connick to win this final that's what we were thinking at halftime you have to because they've played the best rugby they're most exciting this is the game that we want to watch but it's also the game that we need to play if we're going to compete with the Southern Hemisphere Rob Murphy of Galway Bay FM and also the Craggy Island podcast how do we catch up with that by the way tell us now yeah, well, we'll have a day. We have daily podcasts up there already from each day in the build up to the final. Just releasing the uh, final podcast, which is going to sum up the whole final day. Uh, they'll be out this afternoon, and then later next week we'll have a kind of a season wrap. So, yeah, lots of coverage. A lot of people followed it over the weekend. It was a huge effort. We went on a furry over to try and <laughs> capture the atmosphere. We were over there on Thursday night. It's yeah. been an epic trip, and we've enjoyed every second of it. Actually, tell me about your journey back because you know you didn't do what a lot of the media types do and take the most comfortable journey. You boys roughed it like everyone else. <laughs> yeah, we wanted to do that. We just kind of said, right, it's really hard to get over there. We wanted to be on the breakfast shows on the local radio on Galway Bay FM. Yeah. We wanted to do a bit of a daily podcast. So we said, look, we'll book a ferry for Thursday. We took, we all, we're all of our own daytime jobs. So we took some days off and we got in the car. I got a shop to manage as well. And, uh, <laughs> but I have great staff. So they, they took over for me for a few days. And we got in the car, drove to Belfast, got on the ferry. It was an epic trip. We stayed in Edinburgh. We, we were at the press conference the day before. In fact, we actually met the buses coming in on Saturday morning to get some interviews for the radio show and for the podcast. Six buses that came from, uh, went from Galway to Edinburgh, returned without even a, an overnight for the fans, which was incredible. And it just, it allowed us to really tell the tale throughout the afternoon. I think we were on air for about nine hours in total yeah. on Galway Bay FM. So, you know, these are the days where local radio can bring something different as well and then podcasts can really kind of help tell the tale so hopefully I think there were somewhere around nine or 10,000 Connick fans over there but hopefully the thousands and thousands more who couldn't make it uh, felt a bit closer to the whole event and I think we've seen over the years with you guys and the job you do for Galway Bay FM you've brought every Connacht game live for as long as I can remember even when Connacht were terrible and I say that with the greatest respect and I think you know exactly what I mean I do and, yeah. and I was listening to you guys because I, um, I watched the game in Galway because I was jumping the bandwagon. Langan is a, is a no Connacht harm. name. Uh, no you know, the other half is a Galway lady and halfway through the game she said, you can jump off the bandwagon now, Munster boy. And I said, no way, <laughs> no way. <laughs> Listen, Rob, uh, pleasure talking to you throughout the season about Connacht and um, I'm really delighted for the Craggy Island podcasters and the Connacht fans and everyone who's had a tie into this team over the last number of years that Connacht have 
got this great day to celebrate and this uh, great uh, kind of reflection time to enjoy over the next couple of days and another great season to come next season hopefully can't wait for a Champions Cup rugby coming west and I think everyone's like is just scrambling for season tickets now why wouldn't you this is the Rewind podcast on News Talk and that was Rob Murphy of Galway Bay FM and the Craggy Island Rugby podcast more on Connacht tonight on Off the Ball and if you're listening later in the week you can catch up on the Monday Night Rugby podcast uh, still to come Paddy Mulligan on Ireland and the Champions League final as well as Dublin midfielder Michael Darren McCauley on their encounter with Leash we'll actually stick with GA because Obviously, there was games this weekend. The Irish Suns' Jason Byrne is with us. Jason, before we start on Armagh's 216 to 14 points defeat to Cavan at Kingspan, Brettany Park, uh, let's hear from Orchard County boss Kieran McGinney. Here is um, where he thinks it went wrong. The biggest stat that's important in Gaelic football is conversion. If you have 29 shots, you need to be up around 56 to 55, 60%, and we weren't. But, you know, like, and not every score is equal to. You know, depending on when they come, like you know, the, the penalty was a big mess for us. You know, and there's no much point in seeing any different. Like, and for them to go up, like and, and take a point off it, like it was, it was, it was tough. Like, but listen, that's a championship. So that's what McGinney had to say afterwards. Um, he talked about execution, Jason, but there were so many other faults he could have picked out if he really wanted to. Yeah, he, he defended his his decision to put Paul Courtney in goals, which really turned heads. Uh, yesterday, Oshin, he was he was he's a club player with St Jude's here in Dublin, and he traditionally plays as a defender, and I think he could play midfield as well. He was on the Armagh panel, I think, around two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight, and all of a sudden he was called in two weeks ago. And uh, Kieran said he drafted it in for his kickouts, but I thought his kickouts yesterday were a disaster. Any time he went long, uh, they lost the ball, and any time he went short, he followed the ball out the field, and it seemed like a bit of a pointless exercise. And uh, you know, Kevin got a lot of scores off the long kicking, and it really, really backfired. And uh, you know, it was just a, a bizarre decision from him. And uh, as as you heard there from him, um, they didn't get enough scores. Fourteen just wasn't enough. Stephen Campbell was the only kind of light for them uh, in attack. You know, uh, Ethan Rafferty got four points, but he actually went off with a broken hand when he tried to block down a kick off or uh, a kick out in the second half, which was unfortunate for him. Um, Tony Kernan, one of the best forwards in the country, didn't utilise him enough. But at the end of the day, when you're missing players like Jamie Clark and other lads walking off the panel, that's what you're up against when it comes down to the, the thick of the championship against the Cavan team, who are on a real high at the moment and carried their league form into yesterday's game. There's so much we could talk about regards Armagh and Cavan, but we're kind of focusing on Armagh and people are generally focusing on Ar- Armagh mm. because we expect so much from them. And maybe that's unfair given that they don't have the talent pool they used to. I can understand the goalkeeper thing. If you have your goalkeeper bolting off the shoulder of a defender, it essentially gives you an extra player. But we've seen in Gaelic football, that's not the area of the pitch where you need the extra player. You need the extra player when you get inside the opposition 65 because in the modern game, that's where you lose the ball. So was there any sense of people saying, okay, I can see what he's trying to do here with the goalkeeping situation or was everyone just left scratching their heads like Kieran Whelan was on the Sunday game last night? Most of the people were left scratching their heads, Oshin, but even Cavan manager Terry Highland afterwards said he could, he could see uh, why why McGinney made that decision. Um, in fairness, uh, Patrick Morrison hadn't recovered from a back uh, problem. Uh, I think he was only given the all clear about a week about a week ago. So um, you know he had to do something, but. Terry Highland thought he'd done it maybe to, to counteract Cavan's high ball inside and just to have a big man in there, but it really, really was a strange decision. Um, a colleague came over to me in the press box yesterday before throwing and said that this guy, Paul Courtney's starting in goals. Uh, he's wearing number 16 and he's not a goalkeeper. And, you know, I kind of thought it was 
maybe just a bit of hearsay or whatever as tends to happen before before big matches with big crowds at them but um, it was it was the truth and it, it did turn a lot of heads and I'm sure the Armagh supporters as well were, were thinking or wondering what was going on and uh, you know Kieran defended his decision to the health that's what you'd expect from a manager but um, it's it really really did backfire So Armagh played very poorly yesterday but the theory is that the squad they have now isn't anything like what they've had in the past however Aaron Kernan who many say could still be part of this squad he's only 29 thinks they can still get more out of what they have this is what he had to say to off the ball he was doing analysis from Kingspan Breffney Park yesterday let's change it let's see if we can evolve a wee bit more put a wee bit more pressure higher up the field to stop balloon so many runners come at pace uh, and pick holes in their defence so definitely there's there's no way you can go with the same tactics again the next day. Um, but I, I do feel that he, he has hard-working players and good footballers up the field who can put pressure on there and also, whenever we have the ball, do a bit of damage themselves. But there, there will definitely need to be changes in how they set themselves up. I think that's absolutely 100% fair by Aaron, isn't it? Yeah, you can't really argue with that at all. Oshin, um, they, have, they definitely are going to change it, or have to change it the next day for whoever they meet in the qualifiers. And there'll be a lot, a lot of pressure and a lot of focus on our man now when, when that draw is made and uh, when, when they learn it again towards the, the middle or end of June. I think it's the 18th and the 25th, the first round of qualifiers are down for. So uh, they have a lot of work, but they have, they have a lot of time to get that work done. So... Um, I'm sure Kieran McGinney will be hopeful of getting Patrick Morrison back fit for uh, for those backdoor games as well. And you know they went out last year at home to Galway, and they'll be very disappointed with that and getting relegated this year. So um, surely Armagh are better than what they displayed yesterday at Kingspan Breffney Park. But you have to be fair to Cavan too. They they were they were fantastic in a lot of in a lot of parts. I thought Raymond Galligan was brilliant, not just because he saved the penalty, but I thought his kickouts were spot on, whether he went long or short. And uh, you know, it was a huge platform for a lot of their attacks and scores. And I'm sure uh, Stephen Cluxton or the likes of him would have been very happy if he put in a performance like Galligan did yesterday. We'll know more about how good Cavan are after they play Tyrone. They've already played them twice this season. The standout game obviously in Crow Park where Tyrone physically lorded it over them and we're just that bit quicker I think in the, in yeah. the Division 2 final yeah. this is what Terry Highland the manager of Cavan had to say about that game and what they learned and about what they'll have to bring in to the semi-final against Tyrone and we have to go back to us always look at our Crow Park performance and see what we did well and what we didn't do well and where, we, where our biggest mistakes were made and probably that was taking the ball in the tackle I think today you've probably seen we wouldn't take the ball in the tackle as much but then you have to credit Tyrone because they closed you down an awful lot quicker than a lot of other teams it's a semi-final um, Tyrone will probably win as strong favourites and uh, we'll win and we'll try and make a game but. that's fair comment again isn't it the manager's uh, spot on the money in their post-match uh, comments yesterday yeah yeah 100% you can't argue with Terry there um, you know they, they'll, they'll be glad to have played Tyrone twice already in the league this year and even though they lost both games um, you know they'll have learnt a lot from them and uh, Terry said to us as well in a, in a separate piece with the print media that uh, you know the biggest the biggest thing they're going to have to do is try and break down Tyrone's defensive wall both teams have you know similar styles of play but Tyrone would be slightly more defensive than Cavan would be and uh, you know when Cavan don't have the ball they're going to have a Trojan amount of work to do to try and get it back and, and try and uh, break down Tyrone when, when Tyrone retreat into their shell when they don't have the ball so it's going to make for a very very interesting game and uh, you know Yesterday, Cavan after after that display, I don't think Cavan will be to be too afraid of going into that game. There's absolutely no pressure on them, and uh, you know all the talk this year is about Tyrone getting an Ulster title and having big ambitions to play football into September. So, uh, you know, 
it's it's the ideal uh, way for Cavan to approach a provincial semi-final there's absolutely no pressure on them they're in great form you know they got a lovely spread of scores yesterday I think 8 of them got in the score sheet in total Shawnee Johnson's on fire Garold McKiernan was superb yesterday as well young Jack Brady came on and got 2 points off the bench and uh, you know he really impressed when he came on I think his first uh, kick of the ball was one over the bar in the second half when Armagh were coming back at Cavan so um, you know they have a lot of reason to be hopeful there was 15,000 people there yesterday and you can expect uh, a much bigger crowd now when they get into the semis Mayo had a good win over in London yesterday beating the uh, hosts in Roy Slip this is what Stephen Rochford the manager of Mayo had to say to off the ball after the game score execution is something that we need to work on uh, we, we kicked 15 wide for the possession that we had so you know with Enson um you know, any guy can 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 stand up on any day and knock over the points. What's important is the is the performance. And uh, whilst it wasn't uh, anywhere near what we what we would expect, it, it is moving in the right way. And it's it's always good, as you said. I think at the very start, to get over uh, the first game and get that first win under your belt. Stephen Rochford speaking to off the ball after Mayo's win over London 216 to 9 the final score there you're listening to the Rewind podcast Jason Byrne of the Irish Sun and with us Jason obviously you were in Kingspan Breffney Park you didn't see the Mayo game but from what you gathered in the highlights uh, from the Sunday game last night we got what we expected from Mayo and we didn't learn anything we might learn something when they come up against Galway in about uh, two three weeks yeah, 100%. Uh, well, what Stephen Rochford will be delighted with was the fact that Evan Regan got seven points. Now, five of them were frees, but that was his championship debut uh, yesterday against London. And, uh, you know, the Balnaf man didn't do himself any harm at all because, you know, may have a lot of their uh, bigger names to come back in when they do take on Galway in a couple of weeks. And, you know, Galway gave me a right scare last summer around this time. Uh, it was the Connacht semi-final when they met as well, I think, in, in Pierce Stadium in Salt Hill. And, uh, you know, it's Castlebar this time. Uh, you know, Conor Loftus got one two as well. Jason Doherty got a goal. Andy Moran, who was the hero the last time they went to London uh, five years ago and got a big scare, he got two points from play too. So yeah. it's great to see him back uh, kicking scores as well. And you know, this isn't the London team that got to a Connacht final three years ago. You know, it's a uh, it's very difficult logistically for a, a team like London to keep momentum going when you have players coming and going and trying to commute with work. I remember talking to um, Adrian Flaherty, he used to play in goals with Goy before. I remember talking to him when he was with London and saying just the logistics of getting to training in the evening. You know, he wasn't finishing work till five o'clock. He would have to hop on a tube, then hop on another tube again to try and get to training for seven or half seven or whatever. And, you know, things would often be held up and... You know, it's it was very very hard to keep everything together, and um, you know, but fair play to them for keeping it going over there. I really don't know how they do it. Uh, so, uh, that that's that's what the likes of London are up against. Yeah, you mentioned Mayo there coming up against Galway. They got a bit of a test against them last year, and one thing that was exposed in that game was Mayo's soft centre, if it's fair to call it that. Their defensive frailties. For one of the Galway goals, they just cut right down the spine of the yeah. Mayo defence. Got in beautiful goal, but. Any top class defence shouldn't have let the runner through. For the life of me now, I can't think of who actually got the I goal. I think it was Gary Sice. That the makes an awful lot of forward, sense. Yeah. It was a Gary Sice type Danny of goal anyway. Yeah. Goal as well. uh, but yeah, Galway did get two great goals that day. And I think Gary Sice got one in the first half. And uh, I think that's the goal you're on about. But, um, you know, it's it's no more than the, the Cavan Tyrone game at that stage. The Galway will be coming in under no pressure. They've they've lost a couple of key players this summer, which is very disappointing for them. Um 
Johnny Duan's gone to New York. Uh, Michal Lundley's gone out there too. And, uh, you know, losing those type of players will surely be felt in Goy. But, you know, from a Goy point of view, I would hope that Shane Walsh will have a big summer for them. Uh, you know, he went, he went through a lot off the pitch last year. And Shane's a great young lad and just got so much talent. And he's got legs to burn and he can kick off both feet. And he's mm. unbelievably skillful. So, uh, you know, he's had his fair share of problems with injuries as well. So, uh, I would think Kevin Walsh would need him to have a big, big summer if Galway are going to have any chance against Mio in that Connacht semi-final. It's hard to believe that Galway haven't won a Connacht title since 2008. Uh, that's such a long time yeah. for a county like Galway who were who were winning All-Irelands not that long ago. So, uh, you know, every year the hunger must be growing to put that right. And a lot of their players would have featured at the weekend for their club's Corrafin with a big win over Milltown in the Galway Club Championship. Mm-hmm. Um the defensive issue for Mayo, is that the one that they still really need to sort out? Is there anything in their league form to suggest that that has been looked at and, and, and worked upon? It's very hard to judge from from their league form. Certainly in the early parts of the league, you wouldn't think that that's been sorted. But, you know, a lot of their main defensive men were in and out of the team in the league. And, you know, Stephen had his fair share of problems with injuries as well. Um, I think Donny Vaughan's key man back there. Keith Higgins, who was captain last year, missed parts of the league as well. And... He's back. He's back playing hurling now too. So I don't know if Stephen will be entirely happy about that. Mm. But uh, you know he he's a he's a massive massive player for Mayo and Keith will be looking to, to put right a lot of the wrongs from last summer too. Uh, you know, great servant to the county and one of the best defenders in the country. So if they keep men like that fit, um, you know Mayo will have a, a big big say in the championship again. Uh, I actually put money on them uh, a few weeks ago to lift Sam McGuire. Uh, I don't know why I just had a feeling and went into Paddy Power one day and dropped the money down but um, it'd be interesting to see if I'm collecting in September or not <laughs> What about the theory that they should put Keith Higgins in the half forward line and have him working back Kerry have tried something similar mm-hmm. with Paul Murphy um, You know Keith would certainly be able for it um, you know he's played in, in among the forwards before I believe um, you know try it out why not uh, yeah. it's an interesting suggestion Um I think he'd be definitely more utilised in the back line though just because the way he can read ball coming in and the way he tackles and the way he just hassles forwards and doesn't really give them an inch, you know, he's very tenacious and he's a you know, he's a great footballer and he, he does get up the pitch when he is back there. He gets he gets a token point every now and then. He loves he loves getting uh, getting a run and getting up there and Donny Vaughan kinda does the same. Uh, you know, he'd be one of those runners for Mayo too, so um yeah, try it out, see what happens, why not? Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they utilise Aidan O'Shea in the later parts of the summer too. He was playing centre forward uh, yesterday over in London, but, uh, you know, they might need his presence around the middle a bit more when they come up against the likes of the Dublins and the Kerrys and the Tyrones down the line. Um, you know, but the fact is that we're debating who will start where for Mayo, and that in itself is, it can be a good thing for them because if we're left guessing, it means other managers are left guessing. Absolutely, yeah. You know, you know Stephen has a... He's a huge crop to choose from now, and the younger players coming through who are on the back of a, an All Ireland under twenty one success. You know, yeah. German O'Connor is young footballer of the year for you know he's not he's not young footballer of the year for no reason. Uh, he's going to be a massive massive player for them this year. Him and his brother Killian, and I think Jeremy will take the heat off his older brother even a bit more this summer. Um, you know, the likes of Kevin McLaughlin and uh, Jason Doherty and a few other boys like that need to step things up a bit more if Mayo are going to have. Uh, an extra bite up front and not too reliant on the O'Connor brothers because a lot of people feel that's been the case for them in recent seasons. Well for Mayo the next big test is against Galway on June 18th. It's in Cam-
Castlebar. The week before, by the way, Ross Common take on Sligo. Ross Common with uh, two games already played in the Championship when a lot of teams, including their opponent Sligo, haven't even played one. Uh, will we get into the structures debate again? No, just for the last. No, no, let's not. Leave it. <laughs> let's not. None of us have the time, heart, or energy <laughs> for that. Um, and just before I let you go, Monaghan playing down next weekend. Very hard to see anything but a Monaghan win. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, everyone's forgetting that Monaghan are Ulster champions. Uh, you know, Malachi O'Rourke was at the game yesterday and uh, he'll have been watching that one closely too because, uh, you know, Ulster's very much still a minefield and, you know, when it comes down to it, Down had a very, very poor league campaign. They were just, it just didn't go right for them at all and, uh, you know, they finished rock bottom of, of Division 1 and they got what they deserved out of it and they approached a few games just in the wrong way in my opinion and uh, Monaghan are just going to be far too strong for them Connor McManus is just a class apart when you have a forward like that against a team like Down he will do more than enough damage uh, to put them into the, the Ulster semi-finals as well and on a collision course with Donegal uh, if Donegal get over for Mana. so uh, very interesting times ahead in, in the province up north Okay, Jason Byrne of the Irish Sun thanks for coming in to us on the Rewind podcast here on News Talk how can uh, people catch up with you on Twitter? MoseyB86 Thank you very much, Jason Byrne. Right, we will hear, by the way, from Dublin midfielder Michael Dara McCauley in a few minutes about uh, going away and playing leash in Nolan Park and also talking about trying to get a starting place in the Dublin 15. Remember, he didn't start last year's All-Ireland final, but boy, did he make an impact when he came in. First, though, it is Limerick's captain, Ian Ryan. As we say, he was speaking to Off the Ball's Dave McIntyre following the Shannon Siders' three-point defeat to Clare yesterday. And um, it's, it's an interesting piece because despite the loss he still sees some positives and you know, ultimately that's ended in disappointment but um, I got the sense in the commentary box that if Limerick had played for the first 20 minutes the way you played the last 20 you might have been on the winning side yeah um, we had a lot of chances in the first half I think we had 11 wides in total in the whole game I'd say we might have 6 or 7 the first if we'd taken 3 or 4 of them we definitely would have been um, a great chance of winning um, just thought in the second half they got their scores very easy and they kept adding on one and we had to work a bit harder to get ours but um, no um, I suppose especially in the second half we let the ball in a bit quicker we got a bit more um, Was that a, as a consequence of you actually changed the way you wanted to play or was it the game was naturally opening up on a really warm day maybe players starting to tire space starts to almost organically appear in the field I think players got tired um, space started to open they weren't able to get back as quick um, especially with the heat I suppose it's, it's, if you're used to training it's grand but it's our first real hot day and bodies couldn't get back I think they weren't able to get cover back so it was, it was man to man which was great um, you know, but still we have to look back in the first half we had chances and we didn't take them It's 14 months since you lads have last won a competitive game and did that start where you kicked five wides inside the first 10 minutes did that really affect an already confidence level that was very low thin on the ground uh, to be honest I'd, I'd say we didn't even know it was 14 months since we uh, won a game no um, we believe in ourselves. You know, we have great belief there. The last couple of weeks have been very good in training. Um, good couple of challenge games. Performances were good. Um, we knew we were going to be close. You know, it was great. We were in a great position coming in. We were total underdogs. You know, there was nothing expected of us. Um, but look, I suppose we're, we're definitely a team in transition. We're a team that are building. Uh, a lot of young players, all the half back line there, under 21, 22, I think was the oldest. The midfielders, um, 22 was the oldest again. So, you know, there's definitely youth. Um, so it's just trying to bring them all through and keep them together. Do they need to figure out how best to get the best out of you? Because you started the game out the field, and then when the ball was being let in, there was nobody in there to try and get the scores. Then you moved in and you didn't see the ball for five or ten minutes. He so came back out again. And I guess they need more than one Ian Ryan on the pitch, but maybe you and the management team and the rest of the players need to figure out where you need to be. Um, yeah, I suppose it's funny. Like you know, you you go in for the ball and it doesn't come in. You go back out and it's not there either. And <laughs> it's just, I suppose it's a bit of luck. Um, I suppose you need to start playing to our strengths. Um, 
maybe in the last 20 minutes when the game does open up, um, you get a bit more space inside. Now, I had played the league inside and being one and two sweepers, it was a very difficult league for me. Just found it very hard to get on the ball. Um, so I suppose it's definitely something to work on. I suppose maybe a mix and match in and out. But you know, you, you know, Danny Neville's playing great football. Peter Nash is playing great football as well. Um, we've got good influence coming through. Uh, Hugh Burke uh, from Adair came on. He's got great potential. Um, Brian Donovan, Sean McSweeney, they're all forwards are well capable of scoring under day. Um, it's just getting the right ball into them is the, the big thing. You're, so you're heading back for the qualifiers again. There was an interesting piece with you during the week in the build-up to the game. And Reading it, you almost got the sense that you're addicted to playing football for Limerick. and It's just something that's in your blood and you can't really get away from it. And People might question why you continue to come back. You know, you're know, you almost into your 10th year with the Limerick seniors. But did you see signs in the last 20 minutes that you know while confidence is low, there is there is something about this team. And if you got one or two kindly draws in the qualifiers, there's, there might be something to be had from this summer yet? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, you, you wouldn't play unless you loved it. Um, I love playing the game. Um, you know, I love coming to train every Tuesday, Thursday night, um, whichever night it is, but it's a social event as well. Um, you know, we'd be very close. Um, so, you know, it's all part of it. So, we'll get a good run in the qualifiers, you know, um, try and get a home draw first first, most, uh, first of all. Uh, I think we have a chance of that because we were away last year and try and build from there. Um, but there is no, there's definitely potential. You know, it's, I suppose if we can get that one win, might get a bit of momentum, get lads maybe a bit more pep in their step and give us a little bit of momentum because I suppose Clare haven't won so many games in the league, they just knew how to get over the line and we were just kind of, so we were always chasing, you know, and they always got that extra pint, we went down and brought down to two and they got, you know, that pint every time just to pull away from us again. But, you know, just there, we'd work on it, you know, um, I'd say I won't be retiring anyway, that's one thing for sure in the next couple of years, but got to keep at it and get that win that'll just give us that little boost and finally now that you're out of the Munster Championship and there will be a couple of weeks layoff before the qualifiers will you will you guys stick together or would there be a fear that John might lose a couple of the lads as often happens in some of the counties who are struggling to get big wins yeah it's always a worry um, especially with the young lads you know fellas in college it's a great opportunity for them to go to and make a few bob um, I said it's up to each individual player what they're going to do um, I hope they stay um, you know especially we could be caught maybe with so many young fellas under three ones yeah. you know, um, so it's hard to know but look, hopefully they will stay and we'll give it a rattle Listen, hard luck today and thanks for talking Perfect. thanks very much this is the Rewind podcast on News Talk and that was Limerick captain Ian Ryan chatting with Dave after their defeat to Clare in the Munster quarter final with that game live on off the ball Dublin travelled to Nolan Park this Saturday night for their Leinster championship quarter final with Leash I caught up with Michael Dara McCauley at Skillzone in Stillorgan and asked if he likes this time of year and the wait for the championship because you know some players love it, other players hate it. This is how he feels. I am currently excited. I was loving it. Yeah, no, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Uh, it's yeah. I, I just feel fresh coming into this, coming into the year. Um, I suppose whatever everything that's gone on the club scene, um, got a little bit of rest. I suppose it's just in a really good place. Uh, looking forward to the year, so uh, you know it, it, it's it's all good at the moment, yeah. You mentioned fresh there. You've had your injury issues over the last season or two. You've also had a very busy schedule with Ballyboden. So how important was it to get yourself right? And where are you in that kind of scale of fitness? Yeah, like I'm I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I've, I've absolutely no excuses. I'm kind of good to go now. Uh, if, if we're playing match right now, I'm good to go. And uh, in, in terms of fitness, in terms of injuries, I just I, I, I don't have anything on me. Don't don't have a nick on me. So it's yeah, it's it's all good at the moment. Um, sometimes you kind of like are carrying a little something. Lads are at this stage of the year usually always carrying something or other. But um, look at the moment, I'm, I'm glad to say I've, I've absolutely nothing on me, and I'm just just looking forward to trying to get out on, on June fourth and hopefully playing a bit of ball. We see in some counties guys who win a club championship or who are successful in the club championship are rushed back into their county team and it's not always necessarily the best thing. That wasn't the case with you. You have got a rest. How important was that? 
Yeah, yeah, very important. Uh, I suppose physically and mentally. Uh, so after you win something, so all my focus, the whole first half of this year, my whole focus was on trying to win on Paddy's Day. Uh, and that's where I was. I, I, I kept an eye on the double stuff, but, but it was none of my business really at the end of the day. Uh, so my focus was winning that, and we did it. And once you get to the top of that mountain, there's an absolutely inevitable fall down. And, and you have to fall down and you have to kind of come back down to, to, to come back up again. Uh, so I think, I think everyone knows that this day. And it, like I was able to do that. I was able to kind of go over the edge of the mountain and uh, I managed to want to get back up it. And I think once you have to kind of really have that want to get back up it, then, then, you, then you're good. And I kind of managed to get to that place where... I managed to get to that place relatively quickly because I remember like a week or two, a week after the after the club, I was just like, oh, it seemed like a like a, a chore trying to get back with Dublin. I was like, oh, geez, it, was, it might take a, it might take a bit out of me now. But then just another week went by and it was like I was raring to go and it was it was all systems to go again. So yeah, we're we're really looking forward to it now. Do people underestimate that jump from club back into county because? As good as Ballyboden are, the standard of player you have in any other county, there would probably be 10 to 15 of you in an inter-county setup. The way Dublin is, obviously that's not the case. But ultimately it is jumping from club to county, regardless of how well you did in the club, and obviously you couldn't have done any better. So were the lungs burning that bit more? Were you taking bigger hits? I mean, how difficult or what were the difficulties in getting back into the county setup? Yeah, look, I suppose it probably is at a higher standard. Um, when I came back in for the Allianz League final there, uh, I, I probably hadn't, I probably wasn't at a at a hundred percent of my own fitness standards to be honest. Uh, so yeah, look, I, I, I kind of felt felt the lungs burning that day. Um, but um, yeah, look, we're, we're, I, I think still the the club has played at a very high level now, in fairness, and it's not a million miles off. Uh, but definitely just in terms of, I, I didn't feel. 100% injury-wise, it was 100%, but just probably didn't have enough match fitness going back into that day. Yeah. It'd probably been a little bit of a break. So, uh, yeah, no, but since then, we managed to get a few games in, managed to play a bit of basketball, managed to kind of just get back, get the fitness back, and uh, just feel fresh, feel ready to go, yeah. yeah. For yourself, is it a matter now getting back into the starting 15, or have players now accepted that the Jim McGuinness theory is actually correct? Finishing with your best team or having really good impact players on the bench is the way to go and if you're one of those players sure it might be hard to take but it is a very very important role how do you look at it yeah look i'm under no illusions as to the, the competition i have there um so there's the, we have a serious midfield who was who has done very well this year um and i suppose it's probably easy for for jim to maybe lay back and say look this we have a, a winning midfield we have a winning team why change it um but i think jim is smarter than that i think jim knows that if it's you wouldn't really buy into today if it's not broke, don't fix it. Uh, category, um, probably more so than Phil Jackson if it's if it's not broke, fix it, and make it better kind of thing. Uh, so hopefully I can just kind of pr- prove that uh, I'm a reason why it needs to be fixed. Um, so it's look, it's, it's going to be tough. Um, and look, I suppose it is hard, but like I kind of I want to battle my way that I'm not one of the starter or the ender player. I want to be both. I want to I want to play 70 minutes. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel I have that in me. So uh, that, I suppose that, that that's kind of where where I'm aiming at. Um, yeah, like like you're probably right. That it kind of you, you need a, a stronger team to, to finish as a start, if not stronger. Um, and I suppose we we we've kind of shown how, how kind of deep our, our bench is over the last while. But um, yeah, no. Look, at the end of the day, I'm I'm still I'm still, I'm still going out there to to try and get that number eight and number nine jersey, and that's that's that, that's the game plan now. Yeah. And you're still collecting medals, but it, it, is it in some ways hard to get over, or is it just? something that you accept that okay I didn't start the All-Ireland final but boy did I make an impact when I came on yeah I'm not really sure to be honest um, yeah, I suppose it, it was just, it was a difficult season for me last year I suppose yeah. the, the, way, the, the way things work out I'm not going to sugarcoat it but um, 
Yeah, well, look, it was difficult. I, I, I don't, I don't want to be sitting on the benches in All Ireland final, and that's that, that's just the nature of me as a as a player and as a competitor. Um, and it didn't work out the way I wanted it, and and, and that was fair enough. At the end of the day, like we, we won, and, and and everyone's a winner, and it's all good. Um, so, but look, this this is a whole new year. I've, I've taken it as a whole new leaf. We've, we've sprung in with the volleyball thing, and now we're kind of I'm just looking to make my own mark and looking to try and try and get back playing ball in, in the middle of Crow Park, and that's that's, that's where I'm happy. Or Nolan Park, say. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Does um does Jim give you an indication? As if, or does Jim give you an indication if you're going to be starting or not, or do you have to wait till the very last minute and just hope that you know you've done enough in the A versus Bs, you've done enough in training, you've done enough in the the games that he's seen you in? Yeah, I think lads are kind of smart enough. Um, or can probably kind of read their own fate through, through the A versus B, and and maybe if you're a B that day, maybe if you had a good performance, maybe you're kind of sniffing a sniffing a starter spot. But it's uh, yeah, I think lads kind of know. Um, maybe there's always a, f- a few kind of kind of close calls along the way. But um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's not it's not a nice situation. It's not a nice situation for Jim to be in. It's not a nice situation for a player to be in on the other side of it. But uh, look, it's tough. It's sports. We're all competitors here. We're all, we're all big and big and brave enough to take it. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, hopefully I can I can just make uh, make no make kind of make, make the decision easier for him um, this year. Is that wait for the starting 15 to be named almost as tough and almost as nervy as waiting for the game itself to start, whether it's a, a Leinster quarterfinal against Leash or an All-Ireland semi-final or final? Uh, no, I wouldn't say so, to be honest. Like, I think lads just kind of go about their business, really trying to kind of drive it on. Yeah. Like, th- there's really, you really have to kind of live in the present with those sort of things and, and not be kind of anxious about it. Uh, and that, that's all you can do. Like, if you leave it on your field, if you've kind of ran amok in, a, in an A versus B game, that's all you can do, and the rest is up to the coaches. Um, so, like, in terms of in terms of a bigger weight, is like it's all about the game. It's not about you. It's not about the individual. It's about the team, and it's about how, how we can uh, how we can kind of get on against this le- this leash side. So, no, no, definitely. Look, the the team's more important in that respect. And what's Jim like for feedback, good or bad, when that team is named and you are or aren't in it, whichever? No, look, he's, he's approachable. Look, if if you if you feel that you should should have been in the team, you felt that you performed. Uh, look, you. The, there's absolutely no hassle as to why Jim would have a word with you and, and talk to you and, 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 and give you his reasons. You mightn't agree with those reasons, but um, that, that's, that's the case. And he's the manager and he has to make that call. Uh, so that's, that's why he's in the position that he's in. Um, so, yeah, no, that, that, that's the way it goes. And I, I suppose it's important for players to come through sometimes. In, I've seen it in, in with loads of different managers and loads of different teams that sometimes they're kind of afraid to ask for feedback. They're sitting on benches and they're annoyed, but they don't do anything about it. Yeah. And... They might think they're doing great, but obviously the manager doesn't think they're great. I think it's important for the player to get a bit of feedback, try and go to the, go to the manager and say, look, what do you think I'm doing wrong? I, I know what I'm doing, what I think I'm doing wrong, but get it off the manager because he's the one that makes the call at the end of the day. So no, look, Jim's, Jim's is uh, very approachable in that respect. Players are creatures of habit. And for example, I heard one of the former Dublin players, and I can't even remember who it was, talking about building up to a game. And they said, oh, players would like to go into the warm-up room. That's where you'll find some guys. And I thought to myself, well, yeah, that's fine if you're Dublin. You have a warm-up room because you're always playing in Crow Park, but you don't have that in most stadiums. Now, you're going to Nolan Park. It does knock you out of sync. I know that you're looking forward to it. It's you know, pretty exciting for fans. But when you are such a creature of habit, is that an extra worry going into a championship match, playing in a new venue, playing in unfamiliar surrounds, playing in, dare I say, it, a hurling pitch? Early pitch. Um, I've seen football there as well. I'm one of the few who has. Anyway, go okay, on. fair play. <laughs> um, but um, no, look, there's no sense of kind of trepidation at all. To be honest, I'm really just looking forward to the game. Mm. Uh, like, no, there's a big challenge in the actual leash team. But in terms of the actual pitch, it's just another pitch. It's, it's not like it's our first time ever playing away from Grow Park. Uh, maybe in the, in the championship since 2008 it is, but we go away three or four times a year, um, and, and we're well used to we're well used to travelling. We're 
yeah, so it's just look, it's just another game, uh, and and since the start of the championship, there was there was a, a huge uh, rigmarole made of the old uh, of the old Nolan Park scenario, but I think it's just been. I think it's just been a, a storm in a teacup, to be honest, because the, there's nothing going on. We're, we're, the lads are just looking forward to it, looking forward to getting a bit of football into them. Are you looking forward to playing in such a great atmosphere this early in the year? Because normally you play in Crow Park at this time of year. The atmosphere is OK, but it's not great. Whereas in Nolan Park, it's going to be amazing. I mean, I'm not even a dub. I'm not from Leach, but I'm really looking forward to it, just soaking up that atmosphere. And I'm wondering what that is like from a player's point of view to have something like that this early, because normally people don't get excited about Dublin games this early in the championship. That's actually a compliment to you, by the way, because you normally breeze through them. That's yeah, that, that that's probably exactly it, to be honest. I think lads are even more excited because they know that that's the atmosphere it's going to be. Like 30,000 in Nolan Park is way better than 30,000 in Crow Park, and that, that's that's just a fact. Uh, in terms of atmosphere, in terms of, of just energy in 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 the in the uh, in the stadium that day so look yeah it's 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 going to be it's going to be electric i'm i'm just bringing it back to my own head when i travel down as a supporter to to longford in 2008 mm. and the sun was shining and we absolutely rammed uh, as many people into into the, to Longford that day as we could, and it was just a great day out. Uh, like the people in Longford had a great day. Like the, the the town was great crack, and it was just just a magical day. Like so, and like and in terms of atmosphere, like it it, it blows out anything that Crow Park has out the water before September or August, to be honest. And um, so yeah, I think that that's that's probably why there's an extra kind of extra kind of uh, kicking our steps these days uh, going into the start of the championship. Look, you're around the place you hear people talking so you know Dublin are hot hot favourites for Leinster in the All-Ireland is it hard to not that let that uh, kind of talk affect you is it hard to to keep that stuff out or do you just soak it up and realise okay that's actually the burden of being as good as we are and we must carry that uh, look I think, we, I think we've heard it uh, I think the more you hear it the less of an impact it makes on you because mm. it, it just kind of washes off you so yeah, look. As I say, we just kind of have to drive our own standards, um, and I think I think that 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 that's definitely the case. Though the, the more you hear, the more it kind of washes off, and you're like, oh yeah, that 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 thing again. It kind of just comes, and you kind of just let it go. And oh yeah, that thing, yeah, whatever. Uh, so it 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 definitely doesn't stick with players. And and if if I saw it sticking, if I thought I saw it sticking with a player, I'd be fairly quick to to reef it out of him. Uh, and I hope someone would be with me. And if, if we kind of heard anything in the dressing room of anything along those lines, uh, we'd have to be fairly quick to kind of knock people back to back to planet Earth. Uh, because we know uh, this is championship football at this stage, and, and if, if we lose, it's uh, we have a tough road ahead. So it's um, yeah, no, look, it, it's important to kind of maintain our own standards in, in terms of in terms of that stuff. Yeah. Is a lot of that stuff player led in the Dublin camp? Yeah, hundred percent has to be player led. Yeah, there's only so much. I think even in terms of I'm a teacher, in terms of uh, trying to uh, trying to just fill people with knowledge and try and tell them tell them the answers it just doesn't work sometimes you have to try and get them to try and figure out the answers themselves so I think that's important yeah. This is the Rewind podcast on News Talk and that was Dublin's Michael Dara McCauley Now let's finish with football and former Chelsea and Ireland fullback Paddy Mulligan joined Team 33 and off the balls Raf Diallo in studio they started by talking about Ireland's one-all draw with the Netherlands at the Aviva on Friday night what did Paddy make of it? Well let's find out Well, I, I, I wasn't overly impressed uh, with the performance because I thought the Dutch came to town and uh, really weren't too pushed about whether they won, lost or drew. They didn't. The game didn't matter them. It was, it was more important for, for, for Ireland to go and do well. And and to a degree, Ireland Ireland did okay. Yeah. But um, they're going to have to they're going to have to up to performance uh, big time um, in the in the Euro Championships if they're if they're if they're hoping to get out of the group that they're uh, that they're in. In other words, I mean. Uh, you could look at at, at at Shane Duffy and say yes, he is. He did he did well at centre back. Call was good to see Coleman back in, uh, into the groove. Um, 
but uh, you know, apart from that, you 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 know who the tried and trusted are. Uh, McGoldrick came on and uh, played, and he did he did he did okay. But just for me, uh, just okay. Um, if the Dutch were, uh, you know, the Dutch are going through an awful an awful time yeah, as well. It's a they're poor having, it's a very very poor. Yeah. It's a very poor Dutch team. I mean, I, I don't recall uh, seeing as poor a Dutch team in in, in many many years. Um, and they just they just went through the motions as far as I was concerned. They never really uh, strung anything together and, and never really stretched Ireland um, and asked any questions uh, of Ireland. And the the one real big downside of it for me was uh, the fact that uh, from Ireland being in a winning position, uh, they go on and, and just messed the whole thing up in the last few minutes when they should have been rock solid at the back and just got caught on 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 a cross that should have been bread and butter to them and it, it wasn't cleared and I suppose. Uh, Duffy to a, to a great degree is culpable. Randolph uh, came off his line and ended up in no man's land. Um, but Duffy initially really should have been, they should have been cleared. Now, John O'Shea should have been shouting to Duffy to get himself positioned correctly. And between the two central defenders, it, it, it just didn't uh, happen at that, at that juncture. So you'd, you'd, be, you'd be concerned and you'd hope, what is you'd hope that it wouldn't happen against the Swedes or against yeah. the Italians or, or against the Belgians. Um, but Martin O'Neill will have will have known of that, and uh, they'll get they get to work on it and get their get their position right and, and their calls right. Duffy, were you overly impressed with him? Apart from the error at the end? Oh yeah, I, I was I was impressed with Shane Duffy, considering that he's you know he's, he's had a bit of a rough time, but uh, getting away from Everton as well, and uh, Everton are a very very big club, and it's not easy to go to to uh, to leave Everton and then go to with all due respects to the Blackburn Rovers in the Championship. Yeah. So he's had to he's had to uh, reinvent himself to a, to a great degree. And then he had that that uh, that hell scare uh, a few years back out out in uh, out Malahide. So no, he's he's done very very well, and you would wish him all the best. And he's a very honest type of player, and he, he gives you everything. Maybe he could have scored a, a header to put Ireland two up as well from a from a corner kick, bit of a free header, and he'd probably be a little bit unhappy with that. But look, at overall, um, his, his his defensive play was was reasonably good. So I mean, he he got caught for the goal. So that's something for him to learn. Yeah. And and and. and uh, reposition himself and know exactly where where players are and what what his job is to do in the, in, in the uh, in, in our own eighteen yard box. Yeah, himself and Arthur were two that kind of jumped out. Uh, Arthur had a very well. good season. Long, yeah, yeah. Long, Arthur, Arthur long had a very was, good season. Long, long was, was there to, well, yeah. to you know stuff that he hasn't been doing. It looked a simple goal uh, that he got, but he was alert and aware of of what was going on, and and that's that's the first time in a long time. That I've seen Shane Long score a goal. That that's a real Robbie Keane goal. Yeah. I think that he's he's he's, he's sniffing around the, the the six yard box, hoping that something will break, and it broke. You know, smashing corner. Uh, John O'Shea with, with with a good header, but you know, from from a Dutch viewpoint, you'd say, well, what were they doing defensively? They were sleeping. They just didn't. They just didn't want to compete with John O'Shea. And then they they had a second chance to go and clear the ball, and Shane Long nipped in uh, as as he's prone to do these days. So it's it's great for and it's great for great for Shane Long to be on on the end. It was only a toe poke. It doesn't matter if he wasn't there. The ball was cleared. Mm-hmm. So no, it's a very very uh, very very good instinctive play by Shane Long, and that's that's what that's what's been missing in his game as well. That he 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 wasn't using his his his, his goal scoring instincts to get into those areas and just take the chance that something will break. Uh, Robbie Keane is a past master has been has been for years but look at he uh, Shane Long has done very very well yeah uh, we have the Belarus game coming up and then pretty much squad named um, goalkeeper position is one of the ones that uh, there's a bit of question marks over there's about four options there there's Westwood Randolph's definitely going anyway uh, Ford is in the scene as well and then Shea Given and only three of those are going um, yeah, who, I'd, I'd, who are you dropping out of that, that I'd, I'd drop Shea Given 
really. Oh yeah, yeah. I drop Shay Given. I mean, the, I, I know David Ford is in, in the reserves at Millwall, but I think he's a, he's a he's a much better bet at, at this juncture than what Shay than what Shay Given is. And Kieran yeah. Westwood and and, and Radlow Westwood has had a, had a smashing season at Sheffield Wednesday, uh, and it'd be it'd be a travesty if he he if he wasn't on that flight. And the same with David Ford. David Ford has done even when he's been in reserves at Millwall, he's done very very well for Ireland. And and let's not forget that that uh, he kept Ireland in the game uh, against uh, the Germans in Gelsenkirchen with some fabulous saves that the Germans could have been out of sight. Yeah. Instead, Ireland go and get a draw. So let's let's not forget that. And he he's been he's been a, a smashing goalkeeper. And because he's in the reserves, okay, then uh, um, I can understand Martin O'Neill is thinking that well he's in the reserves at Millwall and and maybe. Uh, the mind isn't isn't attuned, but I think that like I said, I think he's a very strong character, and I think that he he would be fine. And and look at we know what Shea Shea Given has done and what he can do, but he, he's he's he hasn't had enough that a game time either uh, at Stoke City. So I'd be I'd be going for the for the for the younger version there, and and it'd be taking Ford Westwood and and uh, and Randolph. Yeah, because that is the main question mark. Um, now but he'll take Martin will take Given in place of Ford. I would think so. I would think so, or even in place of Westwood, maybe. Well, if, 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 well, I, 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 I can't understand why you would do that at all, either for either player. Yeah. But nothing, nothing would surprise you at Martin on occasions. Yeah, um, we're getting very close to the tournament now. I know, obviously, squad being named this week, but are, are you? Is there more optimism now? Do you feel more optimistic heading into the group now, having watched the last few friendlies where we've performed? I did, okay? I, I did until I saw the Italians make muck of Scotland last night. Yeah. <laughs> And it could have been four or five. They're, they're missing two of their best midfielders. And they're missing well. exactly. I mean, they're 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 a bit all over the place, but they they made it so easy against Scotland. It was, it was frightening. I don't think Scotland had a shot and target the whole game. Yeah. And uh, they never they never showed up again. You see, they've they've nothing to play for. So it's it's probably a bit false as well. Just like the Dutch coming into into Dublin last Friday night, nothing to play for. The Scots are we're in holiday mode, so we won't bother about this. But uh, no, but the Italians. Look, at Italian teams will always keep the ball. They'll always make you chase. They'll always uh, uh, make you make you chase shadows. And and uh, it's, it'll be a, it'll be a difficult enough game. I'm not in. I wouldn't be in. Uh, if I were playing today, I would not be in fear of either the Belgians, the Swedes, or the Italians. And it, it'll be a question of uh, what I do feel is that whatever eleven that he picks, they're going to have to play to the max of their ability. To uh, to get the wins, and if they can do that for the three games, who knows? There might be a, there might be a shock or two uh, along the way. Realistically, you think no, they're not going. They're not going to come out. Yeah. But uh, 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 as I said earlier on, there's there should be no fear of going in against the Swedes. They they should be looking to get three points there. There should be no fear against uh, against going in uh, against the, the Belgian. And again, they should be looking for three points. If you look for three points, you got a chance of getting one. If you look for one, you got a chance of getting none. Uh, none. So I'd, I'd be positive in and against the Italians as well. I mean, don't forget that, that uh, I know it was a long time ago when the Giant Stadium in New York, when Ireland weren't supposed to win, they beat the Italians. Courtesy of the Ray Houghton goal, one uh, nil. So look at anything is possible. The Greeks won the tournament in two thousand and four. The Danes won it uh, prior to that when they came in the came in the back door very much so. So you're, and so you're saying we're going to win it? Uh, no, no, <laughs> I wouldn't. I'd, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be amazed if, if if Ireland won it. But look at we can, we can dream. Yeah, no, and, I'm just picturing the street party in Dublin or wherever else. If we did, end the street up party all over, all over the world because <laughs> there's so many Irish all over yeah. the world. No, but I mean, Ireland, Ireland can do very, very well, provided, and I, I see no reason. I mean, Irish, Irish players, their attitude is normally 100, uh, percent and once, once they give all of that, 
I think that Ireland are in, in with, a, with a good shot at coming uh, coming out of that group. Yeah. It's, it's gonna be, it's not going to be an easy task. Don't get me wrong, because these these are, are are decent teams. But having I, I I do feel too that the standard of of European and world football in, in general isn't as good. Yeah. As, as 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 people some people might make it out to be. I mean, if you look at the Champions League final last Saturday night. It was an appalling match and so much. Yeah, actually, we'll get to that now. And so because, much cheating. Uh, it, it was terrible, and and that's why that's another reason why I'd give Ireland a chance because no team will like to play against Ireland. Yeah. Because the one thing they know that Ireland will bring is they'll bring a a, a a great degree of honesty to their game, and they'll give it everything that they've got. And if it's not good enough in the night, so what? Yeah. Look, if like, you yeah. if you give everything that you've got, and you're beaten, look at okay, then fair enough. I've done I've done my very best. Yeah. Uh, provided that you're honest and, and Irish players are honest, that they have gone out and done their very best. And don't be coming in after a game and saying, well, if only I'd made that run, if only I'd done this, or if only I'd done that. The time for the if only is get out there in the pitch and, and, and produce it. Yeah, and that brings us to Atletico Madrid, who have fought valiantly the whole way through the Champions yeah. League run, but unfortunately, third time unlucky, losing in a final. Um, who blew it? They, they blew it. Do you My feel estimation. they deserved it on the, based on the performance of both sides? Or was it? I, I, no, I, I thought that that Real deserved it. Yeah. I, I, no, this this is a a, a, a a bit of a contradiction to a, to a degree, in so much that I felt that Atletico should have gone on to win the match. Once they. But got... Real knew how to win it. Yeah. And that was that was that was the big problem. I mean, Griezmann, the penalty at the start of the second half, I thought I was rubbing my hands. I said, "No, you can you can bury this," but he got psyched out by Navas, the goalkeeper, and made a made a complete mess of the of, of the penalty. And, because and he showed he can take a decent oh, penalty in the shootout. In the shoot, and too late, was, yeah, too late. The time he needed the score was two minutes into the second half. Ask more questions of Real Madrid and, and then they didn't. And then when they got the, the goal with 11, 12 minutes of, of normal time left, they should, have, they should have gone on. And then an extra time was even worse again because Bale and Ronaldo were nowhere to be seen. Well, of course, Ronaldo wasn't fully fit. Wasn't fit yeah, at all. So but they were nowhere to be yeah. seen. And yet they come up, they come up and they and, and they score the two penalties. So Atletico really, have, I don't feel I don't feel sorry for them because they only have themselves to blame for the mess that they got themselves into uh, the, uh, on 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 Saturday night. They probably felt that they could outmuscle Madrid, and Madrid started in the first half to outmuscle them. Yeah, and and, and it, it, it 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 be you know they they lost their confidence and they couldn't they couldn't string uh, two passes together. Then they went to goal behind. Yeah, uh, courtesy of Ramos, who was who was who was who, who was offside. Pepe should have been sent off, but Mark Clattenburg had another nightmare for the second Saturday. A nightmare in the cup final uh, with, with United and, and and Palace. Now he had another nightmare and not 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 acting upon situations. I mean, what 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 does Pepe have to do to get sent off? I mean, he 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 he's a cheat of the highest degree, and it's it's disgusting. You know, I I I had watched Connacht and and and, and Leinster in in the Pro Twelve final. And and the honesty and the hits that were going in with these with these men, fabulous. And then you you go and watch this stuff then afterwards, and it's it's, it's quite pathetic. May it makes me sad as a former player. It makes me sad to see that sort of stuff. Time was when you you, you would never lie down. You would never let your opponent know that you were hurt. Yeah, no matter, no matter what, is, like, that the, day game, is gone. the game has gone that way. It's gone. But Pepe is like the worst example of how oh, bad he, he can go, he, he, and he does it consistently. Yes, he's, he's he's a disgusting character. Yeah, and and how 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 they can look at themselves in the mirror is, is beyond me. And how they can watch a replay of that game and and, and not well, feel in, in fairness, absolutely the, ashamed. The mirror, the mirror they have in their houses are quite expensive, so I think they can hardly yeah. look at themselves. Quite well, quickly. they're not looking at themselves hard enough. That's all I know. The, the, mirror, the mirrors must have cracked, yeah. Raph, that's all I know. <laughs> huh? um, and uh, I suppose the final thing, uh, 
I suppose that's getting a bit forgotten as well. Ronaldo scored the wing penalty, of course. And, of course, uh, who, el- the, the, who and, else would and, score and, it on your Ronaldo? And he had the glory moment, but yeah. Zidane must get a lot of credit for being able to pick up the pieces of Rafa Benitez's team and actually deliver this and almost won La Liga as well, which we should Yes, forget. and he did uh, did extremely well because uh, those Real Madrid uh, players would not be the easiest in the world, I would imagine. Uh, but to, would it be easier for after. him because he's Zidane? He's well, he he's might a legend. It, Even Ronaldo would have to kind of say, you know, we're either equals or you're better than me. Yeah, but I would like to think that they would show Zidane an awful lot of respect because yeah. he deserves all the respect in the world. He's, he's, he's a World Cup winner. He's a Champions League winner. You know, he, he was a wonderful player at at, at Real Madrid. So, but you, you, sometimes you wonder with the modern player these days whether he shows anybody respect. But I would like to think that at Real Madrid they are showing him the respect that that he deserves. But will he be will he be there at the end of the next season? That's it doesn't matter. See whether they win Champions League or not. I, I I don't know what goes on at that club on, on occasions. And I, I, I love Real Madrid, have done since, since the 50s when they won the, the five European Cups in, 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 in succession, watching yeah. watching Puskas play in that team. Oh, and Di Stefano, one Hento, wonder, wonderful players. But look, at it, 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 it is as it is. And, and Zidane deserves great credit for moulding that group of players together. And especially Ronaldo, because Ronaldo would be a bit good, I would imagine... Could be a little bit of a of a mess on occasions if he if he didn't get his own way all of the time and he has to be indulged I suppose on occasions quite I don't quite understand that but look at this is this is the modern professional soccer player yeah uh, I suppose finally the long running saga of Mourinho to Man United is over now we know he's there now um, do you think he will turn things around not if he brings in Rio Ferdinand yeah I saw this rumor actually yeah. oh that's 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 weird and his background team no I, I wouldn't. If if he does that, I think I think he's in trouble straight away. If 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 it's his decision to bring in Rio Ferdinand, there's something wrong with him. Is this a case? Maybe he wants to bring in a few of the United legends just to have them there. No good having no good having them there if they can't contribute. Yeah. And and what I've seen and heard of Rio Ferdinand, he, he wouldn't be able to contribute to the degree of 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 of, of uh, people putting Mourinho right as regards players. I mean, the people that should have been still left there, the likes of Mike Phelan, uh, that Moyes. Stupidly got got uh, yeah. got got shut of, but um, the likes of Mike Phelan knew all of these players and knew knew them very well. Knew yeah, I think it's the more the case the class of '92. So you wouldn't have to say gigs there anymore. Or wouldn't or have gigs, or no, 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 or um, no. Nick, well, Nicky Butt works in the academy, so he's there already. Yeah, but he's there. Leave him in the academy, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. or but and uh, not uh, leave not, gigs, not, leave not, gigs with the academy, and, and, but and not neither, neither the Neville brothers in, oh, in case no, that ever happened. Either. No, def- definitely not. No, I think that's I think that's the ro- uh, the the road to the nation. Yeah, um, for United, and and uh, and for Mourinho, if he if he uh, if he them. goes yeah if he goes on, on on whatever advice he's getting from whoever he's getting it from, but if he is getting advice from Man United or being told, so then he shouldn't have taken the job because the reports coming out the past few days were that he's going to be his own man, he's going to buy and sell the players. So that means he's got to he's got to be very very sure about his backroom team, and he'd bring some of his backroom team with him. Yeah. So I don't see why he has to go for the likes of Rio Ferdinand because. Uh, Giggs in my mind has done nothing in the past two yeah. to three years sitting on that bench uh, with, with Van Hal, absolutely nothing and, and uh, it, it's he should go off learn his trade at a, at a smaller club see how difficult it is at these smaller clubs and then come back and, 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 and maybe then uh, he, he might be considered but I, I, I don't believe that Giggs would, would ever be a Man United uh, manager No
um, and it doesn't look like well, if Mourinho is a success I don't think that's going to be happening anytime soon that's the trick if he is if he is a success he's got a huge huge job yeah. as, 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 as other teams have as Spurs have you know as Arsenal have as Chelsea have uh, as, as Liverpool, Everton, all these, all these, all these teams, you know, are 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 going to be vying for the same type of player uh, in the summer, and only so many are going to, only so many clubs are going to get them. So it's going to be interesting as to who Mourinho can can buy in. I mean, if you're looking at the cup final team, to me, you're looking at eight of that team would not feature mm-hmm. if Mourinho has his way. He might have to pander to one or two of them because he can't get the players that he wants in. And, and I'd be including Rooney in that. There's only three. To me, there'd be only three, three certain players there, and and, would and be, that'd be that'd be De Gea, um, Martial, and Rashford. Yeah, they're the three that I would if, have. If a, he decides a, to trust Rashford, which certainly. I wouldn't be sure about. Yeah, well, he's he he's got he's got to he's got to try and trust uh, Rashford now, whether whether he likes it or not, because uh, Rashford has, has done very well. I'm not saying that he's going to be a world beater, but he's got to get the opportunity to go and, uh, to, to go and play, and and because Rooney, uh, to me. Um, has not performed in the way that he had performed in previous years in the past four years at Man United. And when Ferguson had the chance to go and get, uh, get Shutter Rooney for 80 million, he should have let him off. And he didn't do that. Yeah. And now they, 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 could, they could suffer the consequences now because Rooney is not, no matter what the British media say, he is not the player that, that he was. He hides back in midfield and spends, about 20, uh, spends, spends all his time about 20 yards from his own goal that's not that's not the Wayne Rooney that I know and have admired for so long down the years. He's he's he has been a magnificent player, Wayne Rooney, but not in the past four years. Unfortunately for him. Unfortunately for him, Paddy Mulligan. Thanks for coming in. Not at all, Raf. Pleasure indeed. Perfect. This is the Rewind Podcast on News Talk, and that was Paddy Mulligan speaking to Raf Diallo. This time next week it will all seem so real. We'll be just over a week away from kickoff against Sweden for Ireland anyway. Uh, that of course in Euro twenty sixteen, in case you didn't know, but Quite frankly, if you didn't know, I don't know why you're listening to a sports podcast. Anyway, more on the build-up tonight from 7 on Off the Ball. And that's it. Every night from 7 on Off the Ball. On Saturday, they start at 1. On Sunday, they start at 12. Uh, next week on The Rewind, we obviously talk Euro 16. But we'll reflect on Clare against Waterford in the Munster Senior Hurling Championship. Monaghan against Down in the Ulster Senior Football Championship. And... Dublin against Leash in the Leinster Senior Football Championship. I'll join you every morning this week just before half seven and half eight on News Talk Breakfast. Remember, you can catch me on Twitter at Oshin Langan or if you want to hear more via podcast, you can check out uh, the SSE Electricity League podcast with Richie and I. That's out later in the week. If the Rewind is your only interaction with me, then I'll catch you next week. Take care. Bye-bye. Rewind with Oshin Langan. 